million dollars. Let me check out that ring. What's up, TMZ? How'd you find me, bro? I got my disguise on. What's up, man? TMZ Sports. Welcome to TMZ Sports. I'm Mike Babcock, my man, as always. Mojo Mutati looking extra buff today. Mojo, we're going to start with John Jones and Francis Ngannou. It was last week that the two giants, uh, arguably the two best pound-for-pound heavyweights in the world, came face-to-face at PFL 5 in Atlanta. Mojo, you were just feet away as this entire ordeal was playing out. Uh, If you don't remember what happened, here was, again, uh, not just a look, but also a listen to what John and Francis were saying to each other when, again, when they came face-to-face for the first time. I've always been king. I've always been king. Since the day I started this. And I'm going to die for you. So that was, again, John and Francis. You might be saying to yourself, why are we talking about something that happened on Friday? Well, because we have now had a chance to actually speak with the predator, Francis Ngannou, about that face-to-face with John Jones. You know, how does he feel about that fight? Take a listen. Didn't really know what to to say at that point uh, to start like big coaching me. Uh, about like my wrestling or my jujitsu, you know, uh, he was kind of like uh, out of uh, something to say. But once again, he never faced a guy like me, a real side heavyweight. I mean, he could that could have been Siringan, but uh, Siringan didn't have any response for him uh, as far as wrestling concerned. And with a guy that can shot you out with one. I think you're going to think twice before take that kind of risk, before be as rest- reckless. You know what it is. It's a knockout. Obviously, if um, I have something else, I'll keep fighting. Uh, if I have something else, I will take it. But the goal is to knock him out. I love that he started criticizing the trash talk that he was saying <laughs> in the face-to-face. He, he ran out of things to say. Yeah. <laughs> what an insult for anyone that works a microphone. You don't know what to say when you're given a mic. Yeah. Look, this is going to be an exciting one. And it's so exciting because I don't think anyone knows what could possibly happen in this fight. Francis brings up a great point. John Jones, brand new to the heavyweight decision. We don't know how it's going to go for him there, but we do know that John Jones is John Jones and he's been untouchable his entire career going up to heavyweight, maybe, you know, potentially biting off more than you can chew, especially when your next fight after Stipe could potentially be Francis. Now you're talking about two of the best ever to do it with Stipe having more heavyweight title defenses, or at least tied for it anyone else in history. So we're going to find out really quick what John Jones looks like in the heavyweight division, but man, this was exciting. I I don't know how much they really needed to say just the fact that they were both there at the PFL fight, same city cage side, 
John Jones wearing a PFL shirt that I still can't get over and then pumping in flow rod is going down for real <laughs> on the face to face. They really didn't have to say anything at all. This is the fight people want to see. Absolutely. Just the fact that they were there together, it it breathed new life into that rivalry. Once Francis left the PFL and Dana White said, this is not happening. And look, there's a great chance in my mind this fight does never happen. But uh, I'm holding out hope in the fact that they did come face to face. That photo right there where they're holding hands, that was before the guys were rivals. This is when John Jones was in the light heavyweight division. And there was a time, especially when Francis just got to the UFC, where these two guys were cool. Not so cool anymore. I think they have a healthy respect for one another. Uh, They definitely want to kick each other's ass, though, Mojo. I I will say this. You heard uh, Francis reference Cyril Gaon. Now, they do have a common opponent in Cyril Gaon. Uh, Cyril Gaon went the full five rounds with Francis Ngannou and won by unanimous decision. That was a fight that uh, that I was at here in, in Southern California. Uh, Cyril Gaon, obviously, it only took uh, him about three minutes to lose to John Jones. But the bottom line when you're talking about Francis Ngannou, and the reason I don't think you can look at that is because Francis has that great equalizer. All he's got to do is hit you one time, and it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how great your record is, and it doesn't matter if your name's John Jones. If you get hit by one of Cyril Gunn's big punches, you could go out, and that's just the reality of things. I hope this fight happens. All right, Mojo, moving on to Tom Brady, who is living it up in retirement. Uh, Tom Brady, who we have seen uh, at Disney with the kids. Remember, they made him, they scared poor Tom getting up and tricked him on to the Tower of Terror ride. We've seen him on his yacht with Mr. Beast, and uh, now he's back on the yacht, Mojo. What a throw. I'm still so impressed by that throw with Mr. Beast. Uh, today, first day of summer, and Tom Brady out on the boat with his kids. He made it very clear, Mojo, when he hung up uh, you know, the old football pads that uh, he wanted to spend time with his family, and that was his number one priority, and he has lived true to his words. So uh, there are the kids on uh, – you know, playing in the water, jet skis and and such. JB and V with three hearts. Of course, you got Jack, Ben and Vivian, Tom's three kids. Not sure if this is good parenting or bad because the kids are obviously zooming around on the water having a blast. Now, uh, I think the um, champion of the day mojo goes to uh, young Vivian, who clearly does not have any fear of heights because she jumped off of the boat mojo and This is not like the boats that I ride on where you can stick your hand out and feel the water. Like, this is a mega yacht. Look what Vivian did. (laughs) It always feels higher when you're up there and actually jumping, right? You watch on on the video and you say, ah, we're not that high. But when you get up there, you know, you're like, ah, that's, that's pretty far. And that's why I never really went off the top rope in my WWE career. I'll stay <laughs> my myself on the ground. I don't like heights. I don't mess with heights. And yes, that jump is absolutely higher than it looks. I mean, if you're asking me if Tom Brady is a good parent or not, yeah. well, he's a great football player, but we obviously all know that he's an absolutely terrible parent. The way he just <laughs> physically humiliates his children on his social media, juking them out of their cleats. We talk about this all the time. These kids are going to have severe emotional distress for the rest of their lives. Look at this. Look at this. He's got his dad's foot speed. That's we'll say. Yeah, that. and that's that's <laughs> not a good thing. Worse than his dad's foot speed as we're looking at it. Look how high he's running around. 
<laughs> oh my god. It's, you know what yeah. it is with this video? It's the pads. It's the fact that he put on the full pads. That's what makes it so great. That's what makes it one of my all-time favorite videos. Now, I understand he had to protect yeah. his investment in himself, you know, big playing <laughs> career, but you could have at least got a spare pet set of pads for your kid. I mean, we all know you can afford it. Water sports aside, I will never let this go. Mojo, the NBA draft is just a day away, and... You know, sometimes there's some drama. Not so much this year because that man right there, 19-year-old phenom, Victor Wembanyama, is about to be the number one pick. Uh, he will be a San Antonio Spur in about 24 hours. <laughs> uh, and this, the big guy, he got into New York City this week, Mojo. Uh, obviously, the draft uh, going down uh, in the city. And uh, Victor, God, look how tall he is. He is an absolute giant. So, Mojo, he was in New York City, and, you know, what else to do on a Tuesday night? Why not head over to Yankee Stadium? So the Yankees welcomed the uh, French phenom and actually had him throw out the first pitch. Now, the question is, was it good? Was it bad? I have my thoughts, but let's find out. Guys, here we go. 7-4. Oh, boy. Let's oh. see. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Just a bit outside. Yeah, Mojo, there's a reason, uh, you know, you ever hear about a French baseball team? No. There you go. There's also a reason why I am currently in New York City as we speak. This pitch was so bad. I was concerned for this man's well-being with the New Yorkers everywhere. Obviously a very, very unforgiving people. Now you factor in that this went down at Yankee Stadium. This is a severe problem. I'm concerned that this man may never be able to play professionally at all after uh, throwing something <laughs> out that terrible. So I'm, I'm here to help him out in any way I can, Babcock, because this was this, this isn't how you kick off your week, Babcock. This this isn't it when you're going to go number one overall. They, they might be second guessing now. I don't know. And I will tell you this, Mojo, if somebody taught him, he actually could be a very scary pitcher because his wingspan is over eight feet tall. Uh, he, he basically throws the ball and it's already halfway to the plate by the time he lets go of it. So uh, he could be scary, but not in his current form, his motion, his he needs a little bit of work. He needs some coaching. So we'll he can see. Actually he can actually touch the catcher's mitt with the ball in his hand right. from the pitcher's mound. That's how tall he is. <laughs> that's, that's true. Also, by the way, I don't like that the Yankees gave him Joe DiMaggio's jersey there. But Oof. we'll, 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 uh, we'll give him sin. a pass here. Uh, Mojo, now, we know he, he might not be a great baseball player. Uh, he can play basketball, though. The guy is amazing. He's something like 7'4", 7'5". He's got skills like a guard. We actually talked to a guard, a former All-Star guard, about Victor and just how good of a player he could actually be once he actually gets on that NBA floor. Uh, here was the a former star, Gilbert Arides, on Victor Wembanyama. What I've seen from him is, you know, you have generational game-changer with the height, the ability to move. The only concern I do have is, you know, guys that big, you know, with feet problem. Um, that's the only thing that I think will slow him down is feet. Other than that, as long as he's healthy, I don't see anyone really stopping the progression of it in, in his dominance. Like all that being strong against him, I'm pretty sure everyone he's played against has been stronger than him and look who he is. <laughs> 
It, there it is. It's a good point. We're obviously listening to one of the best talking about it. So if it's okay for him, it's okay for me. I kept forgetting it was a basketball player after all this. I just got too caught up on the baseball side of things. <laughs> but, hey, a, a generational talent, man. That is a compliment right there for sure. Absolutely. He's the most highly sought-after prospect since LeBron James. Feet issues for a big guy, always a concern. Uh, we'll see what happens. Look, Greg Oden had – he wasn't this level of prospect, obviously, the former Ohio State star who was a seven-footer. The, the injuries ruined his career. You hope that doesn't happen for Victor. You really want to see what this guy could become. And if he stays healthy, look, for the seven-foot-five-inch dude, sky's the limit. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Ray-Ban, Good American, and Ulta. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for apparel and electronics, and you can save on everything you need for the summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Just go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Welcome back to TMC Sports, Mike, Mojo, and Ed. Fellas, this one's going to sound familiar to you. Willie McGinnis is again being sued for an alleged fight that happened at a gym in Los Angeles a few years back. Jack, again, this is... Again, again. here we are again. <laughs> very, very similar allegations. So this time on June 21st, 2021, at a 24-hour fitness, uh, he is alleged to have punched a man in the head. Uh, I'll explain. Andrew Cortez says he was bench pressing at this gym when somebody, uh, he doesn't know who it is, a stranger came up and took one of his plates. Uh, he said he confronted the man, and at one point during the confrontation, Willie McGinnis interjected uh, and basically said, what are you talking about? And him in the head. Cortez alleges then Willie and three other people began just beating him up, uh, similar to the incidents we've seen in the past, or the one incident we've seen in the past of McGinnis. The man alleges he suffered big time injuries in it, bloody face, suffered emotional distress, and now he's suing for damages. So uh, if it all sounds familiar, it's because he's been accused of this before. Right, and Ed and I are referencing, obviously, a prior lawsuit, uh, which is interesting because if you go chronologically, the gym incident actually happened first, although we found out about this incident here that you're looking at, which, of course, was that massive brawl that happened at the Lila in West Hollywood back in December. So uh, he is being sued for the Delilah fight, and he is now, of course, being sued for the, uh, the gym fight. I will say this, Ed, and uh, obviously this is something that you and I uh, spoke about this morning. Like two years ago, we did get a video sent to us. We ended up not publishing it, but it was from this alleged incident. And yeah, there was some sort of brawl at a gym. Whether or not it's the one where Willie allegedly beat up this guy, uh, we'll find out what happens in court. But uh, something is said to have happened in the gym. Willie McGinnis, two-time pro bowler, two-time punch offender. I don't know yeah. what's going on here, man. Like, 
This guy's too old to be doing this stuff. And I got to say, the thing that's... 51 now, Mojo. 51 years old now. 51 years old. Yeah, it's getting a little out of hand at this point. And I got to say, too, punching a guy is, is bad enough. But then when you have groups of your friends jumping in to to just rain shots down on this this poor defenseless person it just makes it so much worse i mean you don't need to be traveling with a crew like this people that are just gonna jump somebody that are just gonna add fuel to the fire this isn't the kind of people you want to be associating with especially when it's you that's starting the fight i mean he's massive mojo too he's a big dude Exactly. Don't let that age fool you. Willie McGinnis is wildly powerful, yeah. a huge guy, obviously very accomplished on the field. Yeah. The guy can handle himself in a fight, so he doesn't need to go out searching for one. Don't you think, Mojo? Willie was involved. He was in the media. The guy worked for NFL Network. He, he knows football as well as anybody out there, but I think now he's really, he's really gotten himself to a point where I, I don't know that this guy is hireable anywhere in the media. Uh, you know, one incident, you might be able to say, hey, okay, he made a mistake. I'm sorry, but it does start to look like, and if, if all of the allegations are true, it does start to look like there's a pattern there and that Willie is – Sort of a violent guy. I don't know how else to say it. And I, I do wonder now what, what the rest of his, his career looks like and whether he has talked himself out of some lucrative job. Mojo, it's time uh, for a new segment we're going to call Ink Up. We talked about Ooh. tattoos. Yeah, we talk about tattoos a lot here. And that's just what we're going to do. Courtesy of the new NBA champion head coach, Mike Malone. Mike Malone is, I think he's a cool dude, a relaxed guy, doesn't take himself too seriously. And he wanted to celebrate his team's incredible accomplishment, Mojo, and that's what he did by getting a tattoo of the old Denver Nuggets mascot on his left shoulder, upper arm area. You can see it right there. Now that is actually the old Denver Nuggets mascot. You see, of course, the Larry O'Brien trophy, and then there is the Nuggets mascot who was holding a basketball. Now, this was uh, all done by a guy named Mike Diaz at Triple W Tattoos. And I I don't know, I think it was a pretty cool way to celebrate, Mojo. Not something that you really see NBA coaches do all that often. Usually very serious guys, not so much here. Yeah, maybe it's a cool idea, but let, let's be honest here, right, Babcock? This this tattoo is terrible. It just <laughs> is downright awful. This tattoo belongs on someone's ankle, not their deltoid on their, their arm where, you, you know, you, you flex with that muscle. Now this is what we're looking at. I think this tattoo was a terrible mistake wow. until until you factor in what this tattoo means. Yes. I love the fact that he went out and got it as terrible as it might be. You know, this guy just won his first. <laughs> I love Barry. He just won his first finals championship and went out and threw it on his skin. You know, that's, yeah. that's awesome. I, I, I would love to see all coaches do this when they have big finals wins. Yeah. Can you imagine like Bill all Belichick in. at the tattoo parlor? I literally was just about to say Bill Belichick <laughs> would have full arm and leg sleeves uh, with all his championship victories. I, I like to say it. it's becoming a trend too, Babcock. I, I do remember that. As a matter of fact, I was out this day, but I do remember Mojo because I watched the show even when I'm out. Jerry Kill, right. he is the New Mexico State football. He is the head coach. Remember, he promised his team before the season if they won a bowl game, he would get a tattoo well, what did they do? They actually won a bowl game, and true to his word, Coach Kill went and got that tattoo there, which that's pretty cool. Uh, well, in my opinion, but go on and bury, bury on, Mojo, if you must. 
No, no, this one's okay. This one is significantly better. That belongs on an arm. The other one still should be on like the Achilles, maybe not even quite the ankle. Throw it on the back, tucked away under a sock. That's where the head tattoo belongs. <laughs> Congratulations. Again, it's the sock that counts. Right. All right, Mojo, we are just about out of time. We talked about it tomorrow, NBA draft going down. Yes, we do know who's going one. The, the, the French phenom, he will be the number one pick of the San Antonio Spurs. But there are a lot of other big stars in this draft. Arizona's Brandon Miller, a bunch of other really talented hoopers. And tomorrow, Mojo, before the draft, we are going to talk to one of the greatest NBA players of all time, a future first ballot Hall of Famer, D. Wade himself, Dwayne Wade, tomorrow giving advice to all of the kids who are about to become millionaires Thursday night. Uh, we're going to have Dwayne Wade tomorrow. Going to be a great show. D. Wade, NBA Draft, Babcock, follow along with me. This should absolutely yeah. make tomorrow the best show.